What's up, everybody? It is Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and your boys are back from Denver. It's the Mike and Miss Show. What up, dog? Yo, what is going on? We are back. I forgot to have clothes on, so I had to go get dressed. That's why we're yeah. two minutes late, because I was naked. We were doing our pre-show uh, chat, and I was staring at Mike's nipples for the entire I do it in the I mean, It was fucking extremely, it was really erotic. It was erotic. <laughs> what's, <laughs> so what's going on, dude? We got a pretty awesome show tonight. We got uh, Britton Hart coming on. What do you think of that? I love it. I love it so much. We just came back from Denver, Colorado. BKFC 50 is in the books, and uh, we're getting ready for BKFC 51 this weekend. Mm-hmm. So on this show tonight, we're going to chat a little bit about this past weekend. We're going to ch- chat to Britain with Britain about this weekend. Yeah. And then uh, she was there. Yeah, she was there. And that's, yes, you know what? She was there. We reunited and it felt so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We hadn't seen Brandon in a while. So yeah. We haven't seen her since March when she fought uh, Jenny Savage in her home state of Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we go, right back in, back in her home state, different city this time, but she gets to defend her belt again. And um, I think at some point today during the show, we're going to give away something, right? We're going to give away a, a picture. Yeah, we have a Britain Hart picture. We're we, gonna give we away. got a dope ass picture of Britain Hart autographed. Do we even have that? We can just show it right now. And just, I hey, don't we, have it. Nope. We don't have it. It's in nope. the fucking messenger, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'll get it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, we're back from Denver. Mike Lorenzo Hunt done did it again. What do you what do you think, man? Chris Camozzi is about the most game opponent he's probably ever stepped in there with. I, I mean, Mike Richmond gave him a run for his money in that in that first round, and who knows what what would have happened if it went to a second? But um, it didn't go to a second, so we moved on move on to the next one, and that next one was Chris Camozzi, and man, they went at it for five rounds. Um, when we were there watching ringside, I was feeling like neither one of them were engaging as much as they should. I think they both were showing each other huge respect. A lot of respect, yes. A lot of respect, being ultra conservative with the with the way they pick their shots and whatnot. And there were some moments, dude, where Chris Camozzi um, showed how goddamn tough he is. When like there was a shot, I want to say it was may- maybe even the first round when um, yeah, he got clocked a few times when he got cracked with an overhand right, looked dead in his mouth, and like he bounced his back off the top rope, and then. Went like that, and um, yeah. and I just unplugged my headphones. Hold on. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> but he did that like shit, man. He he like uh slapped his chest in a downward motion and smiled and charged towards toward charged forwards towards uh Lorenzo. That was fucking cool as hell. Also, Lorenzo hit him with a good with a good hook in that first round, and he did the old Jay Z brush your dirt off your shoulder shit. So that was cool as well. Yeah, I I, I was. Not enthralled by the fight, but I, I'm always engaged. You know what I mean? Like I, that fight, like at any moment in my head is like, oh, one shot's got to end this at any point. Someone can break away. Boom. Especially since they were really close up. And you know how like Lorenzo, if Lorenzo won that, I thought what he was going to do was just really do, you know, he's like a bull. He'll get in there and he'll just put his head down and he'll come forward and push somebody up against the ropes and just unleash to the body, to the head, to the body. You know how he is. He'll unleash like a six to eight piece combo on you against the ropes. So when they're up against the ropes, 
I know that's what danger, he can man. and has done in the past. So like I was just waiting at any second for him to possibly push off real quick and inside. Boom, yeah. boom. You you, uh, you have flashbacks. Happen. You you flash back to Rob Morrow. Rob yes. Morrow when he pushed, he did it against Mar Morrow. He did it against Riggs. He did it against Hector Lombard. You're right. Every everybody he gets back to the ropes is, is kind of fucked. You yeah. know what I mean? And Chris got out of him. And, yeah, and, Chris is bigger, and he knows how to weigh down on his opponents because he's got a lot of experience in MMA. So he's a taller guy. He does like the John Jones, you know, like he's on him and he's over him. Yep, he's just hanging down. on him. If pressure on his up. neck. Yep. And and you know when it came down to it at the end there, I personally did think that Lorenzo won the fight on site at uh, at the moment when the last bell rang. Standing there where we were standing, I thought Lorenzo pulled it up probably pulled it off but it's close it's fucking real close and when they said when jeff houston said we have gone to a split decision i had no idea what was gonna happen i was like oh, and i'm like oh man this hometown you know they're not denver judges though you know what i mean they're they're wherever. yeah i didn't yeah I, I don't know who the judges were to be honest but what i'm saying is like when they said that we have we have gone to a split decision um, I was like, oh, maybe this does change hands tonight. I was pretty fucking. Yeah, I was like, oh, what the I was intrigued. As, I was intrigued as fuck. Well, the whole place point. was. The whole <laughs> yeah. place was like. Yeah, and you know what? The, the silent dude. The embrace of Chris and um Lorenzo with the hands up. That's like an iconic photo now. That yep. was cool as Love hell. It. Shout out to Nick Vespi who fucking snapped that one. Yeah, and uh, and we got to be a part of. A moment also late night, late night, like really yeah. late. What was that? Two close to two bunch yeah. of us were there. Britain was there. Britain was there. Yeah. It was uh it was the after party at Tom's watch bar at Coors Field where we always do them and great place, great times. And my phone rang and it was Lorenzo and he was like, Hey, you guys still up there? And I said, Yeah. He said, All right, well, we're like five minutes out. And he came up there, you know, had his crew with him. Yep. And it was nothing but respect between the two guys who just beat the shit out of each other for 10 minutes in a bare knuckle fight. Um, they had drinks. They talked. It was fucking pretty cool, man. It yeah. Camosa gave a little speech. Yeah. You know, Lorenzo showed his. It, it was good. It was cool. I loved it. I loved it. We got a couple of pictures. A bunch of people got a bunch of pictures. Some people were able to see it. Uh, if you were there, you got to you got to witness that uh, special moment. I thought I, I liked it. Um, you know who got to see it? Our boys out, our Cali boys. The Cali boys, us. yes. Love you guys, there. man. You know, I'm glad that the uh, Falcon 09 and uh, and um, Absent Minded on the interwebs, that's the names. If you know them, you know them. Uh, they were out there, man. And we always have a good time with those boys. The night before, we were cracking up in the hotel room, busting jokes and shit. That shit was funny as hell. And yep. then, uh, yeah, then night fight night came, another after party, another, another memory in the bank. And, um, you know, looking forward to going back to Denver as always. And anytime they do that, I'm I'm on board. I love Denver so much. Uh, when we got to Denver, right? <laughs> when we got to Denver, Kyle's been talking about this place that Chris Camosi told him about, and it's this uh, place called Two Hands Corn Dogs. And yeah. man, these corn dogs, I was like on the fence because I don't like I like hot dogs, and I like cornbread but I, I don't really eat corn dogs you know it's not just not a thing i usually do 
But we went to this place and it was a Korean corn dog place. It was nothing like anything I ever expected. You could get like mozzarella cheese in it. You could get cheddar cheese. You could do half and half. You could do half hot dog, half cheese. They had one that had potatoes deep fried on the outside of it with some, it's not even cornbread. It's some crunchy goodness with some orange sauce. I don't even know what it was like crack sauce. Cause I would have <laughs> freaking drank that shit by the gallon. It was so damn good. I couldn't believe how good that thing was. I ate one of them and Kyle ate three of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was one of those moments in time where um, like the Louis CK, CK stand up. I didn't stop eating when I was full. I stopped eating when I hate myself. Oh uh, yeah. Dude, I was uh, after those, after the third one, I was like, man, what the fuck did I just do? But I'm going to tell you right now, if you guys ever go out there, hit that place up two hands. It was, corn dog. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was uh, really good. Oh, oh, I forgot to say they take those fiery Cheetos and they crush them oh, up they and crush they put them, those dust on them. there too. Yeah. They oh, dust man. Shit. It was awesome. It was a fucking great time. Oh, while we were out there, we, um, we picked up a new sponsor and I think we should do a sponsor Correct. read right now. Mike, what do you got for us? I have for you a very special place. And and first of all, thank you, Big Ben, for linking us up with these gentlemen. They are the Shave Parlor Barber Lounge and Studio. So if you're in the Florida area, they give the best fades and shaves in Cape Coral. Did you know about that? Don't walk around looking like a schmuck. Go get a haircut. Certified Shave and Fade Masters, Jay and Omar. They do beards, too. They're beard specialists. Get to 101 Del Prado in Cape Coral, Florida, and you will be satisfied. These guys, look at Just all you had to do is turn on BKFC 50, right? And then just before a fight, you'll see Big Ben standing on the side of the ring, and he's <laughs> fresh to death with his haircut from the shave parlor. I mean, you go look at that guy. Take a look. Yeah. You pause it. You can't miss him. He's the tallest guy standing there, and he's just fresh to death. Look at that. You guy. know, Mike and I were uh, singing a little jingle before the before the show tonight, but I can't oh, remember yeah. what it was. Uh, it, was... it was good too. Right? It was. <laughs> Jay good. and Omar will do your hair so you don't look like a fucking asshole or some shit like that. Yeah, right? something like that. <laughs> I know we'll have to clear that with them. I'm not sure if they like that to represent their company. Yeah. No, but we'll, no, we'll no. clear it with them. But shout out to those guys. Shout out to the Shave Parlor in on Del Prado in um in Cape Coral, Florida. My mom and dad are going to be moving back down to Florida because summer's over up here in New England. And uh, my dad lives about freaking three minutes from that place. So he's going to swing by and say what up, maybe get his hair cut from you fellas. Get his hair did. Get his hair did. Speaking of getting her hair her did, I talked to Britain about a half an hour before we went live. And she, oh, got, her, her she, got, she got her braids already for the fight. No, man. for the show, yeah. you mean? For the show. No. She got, yeah. she got her braids ready for the show. And then she just yeah. happens to be fighting. Friday, right? Yeah, that's what it was, obviously. Oh, okay. But thought. you know where she is right now? Where? Um, and I I don't know, man. Is this something maybe it's something they've always done, but the pre-check, weight check the night before the weigh-ins. Oh yeah, to make sure they're not too too down on weight. Yeah, so she's at that right now. So oh well, how about that one? Yeah, how, how you like those them cookies? Apples? So we'll talk about a little bit more stuff while we wait wait for her. When we were out there, um yeah. There was a lot of people in the audience, Mike, and uh-huh. a couple of champions, Britain being one of them. But another one that was running around with a belt on his shoulder was Kai Stewart. 
Yeah. And uh, man, a lot of fucking buzz around Kai these days. Lots of people want to fight him. Our boy HD Davis was in the audience. He wants to fight him. Yeah, Brian just a few people. Brian Duran was there with a whole crew of people. He he's ready to rip rip apart the the featherweight division himself. So I'm gonna tell you right now, dude. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Right now, it needs to be HD Davis versus Kai Stewart. It has yeah. all the buzz. Yeah. Howard. Now, shout out to Callie and Micah who started a new podcast on, on Instagram oh, last yeah. night. Callie, I, I'm sorry I don't know her last name. I think it's Callie Pete, I think, or something. Her name's Callie Pete. And um her Instagram's like the uh, Callie official. And then Micah is the host of Cage Minds. Them two got together and they did a, a new podcast called K- Callie and Micah or something, or yeah, Callie yeah. and Micah show. Yeah. They had Kai Stewart on last night. It was really good. I t- I tuned in. I don't know what days they're going to do them. Maybe they're going to do them Tuesday nights at like 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern time because they're West Coast time. And uh, that's why I just happened to be still up and and uh, and was about to go to bed. And I was looking through my phone and, and it popped on live. So I, I checked it out. So anyways, so Kai Stewart was on there. Kai is very vocal about how he... He does not pick his opponent, obviously. Whatever name is on the contract, he will sign it. But then he did go on to say that he wants to fight Dat Win. They asked him questions. Yep. He said that Dat is the more established fighter. He's the bigger name. He's got 70,000 followers on Instagram. He wants to fight in front of that, that kind of audience. Howard needs to fight another top five fighter to earn that title fight. He said that on that show. Then somebody brought up Jimmy Rivera and Kai said that Jimmy has only fought twice in the division and he's Oh, one and one Oh, one or one Oh, and one Jimmy needs to fight more in the division to earn that title. I want to go ahead and call out Kai for contradicting himself right there, because you just said that, you want to fight Datwin. He's done enough for the title. Datwin has fought one time in the 145-pound division against a guy who had an 0-0 record, that being Daniel Strauss with his MMA background. But Datwin has one fight in the 145-pound division. Yes, he is 1-0, but he has one fight in the division. Howard Davis has seven fights in the BKFC and five of them in the fucking 145 division. He's 5-1-1 and in that and that one loss was a doctor stoppage. And, and the tie could have very well went to a fucking sixth round if they would have thrown that shit into the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Into, into the mix, if they would just go to that. So by his standard of, of that needs to do more, Jimmy, I know dad's done enough. Jimmy needs to do more. Howard needs to fight another top fiver. I think Kai is real fucking confused. And we like Kai, but dude, you need to admit to yourself that the fight to make and the fight that everyone wants to see is Howard Davis and you, Kai Stewart. They gotta got go to. ahead and they gotta go ahead and book that shit. Gotta do it. Do you think that'll happen? I do. Yeah. I do. Mike, too much shit is going on with these guys. That win's very expensive. Um he, I don't know how he carries such a high price tag and in and demands such a you know such a fucking I, I don't know I don't know what it is about that win we all like that too 
but that's no global fucking superstar. I don't know why he he has this aura around him where he can, you know, call the shots. Dictate the division. Yeah, he can he can call the shots. He can't do that. You're one. He's one and zero, oh, and that's that. Sure, yeah, I, sure. I think, he um, to play he, devil's advocate, I think it's the fact that he was a that he was a champion, and that might be the pull that he was a champion, never lost his title. Mike, he walked away from the company. I know. He I know. he dropped the belt and walked away from the company because he wasn't getting his way. That is like somebody just called it, and I don't like to say this about shit, but diva he called him a d that's diva shit man like i i want more money i want to do this let me do what i want to do or i'll fucking walk away and then he came back and said i'm still the champ i i hate to tell you this but you're not you're not the champion anymore because you walked away from that then they came back and you know what he came back and they gave him luis palomino two divisions up he they gave him a title shot as soon as he came back and he didn't win a lot of people might think he did, but he didn't. So he walked away from being the 135-pound champ, came back, hat in hand, asked for another fight. They gave him a title shot. As soon as he got back, two divisions up against the best in the world, he didn't win. It is what it is, man. History yeah. is history. You can just rewatch it all, everybody. I'm well, not making I, this shit up. I agree. I think HD is the... Might not be the only fight to make, but in this point, it is the best fight to make. Uh, and he's after this weekend and seeing them two go back and forth. How could you not? How could oh, you man. not? Hey, we, Even Shaquille O'Neal agrees with us. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Hey, Shaq, if you guys didn't see the interview, watch the interview with uh, us and Howard Davis the night of BKFC 50. I asked him if anybody had any, any buzz. Anybody been reaching out to you after that video came out with you and Kai yesterday? And the first person he said, he was like, Shaquille O'Neal called me and said, you need to fight that boy. And I'm like, holy shit, Shaq, get the fuck out of here. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyways, we'll circle back to this because we definitely need to talk about that a little more. But our guest of the evening is ready to come on. She is uh, everybody's favorite Briton. (laughs) <laughs> she's fighting a girl out of great britain and uh her name is britain hart here she is the straw at the straw weight champion of the bkfc oh hey guys sorry i'm late on the show i know it was supposed to be a 905 so i give everyone the apology but you know better late than never they say but well, yeah just being the a couple fire, of chatty you know, cassies so. of it, it it feels like just five minutes goes by but god it goes the time is ridiculous, but hope you guys are great tonight. Yeah, we're good. You know that. It doesn't matter. You could have been a little later if you even wanted to because we never shut up. So. Yeah, we just talk, <laughs> talk, talk. Yap, 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 yap. You know. Yeah. You guys are the best, really. I was well, super happy to see you guys in Colorado, and um, I wish you were here in Virginia. Oh yeah, I, I wish I we – unfortunately, with our lives and our jobs, it's impossible to go to back-to-back weekend events. You know what I mean? And we already planned for the uh, the Denver one. So, unfortunately, you know, if somebody would offer us an, enough of a, a contract or something to do this for a living, we would do that. You know? I'd be at every event. I'd be at every goddamn Every single one. Guys, someone get on there. <laughs> so, you were out there – yeah, you, you thank you. We saw you out in, in Denver. We hadn't seen you since Virginia in March when you fought Jenny. 
Uh, you look pretty much flawless in that Jenny Savage fight. You defended your title. You've gotten a six-month break in between fights. Uh, what what have you been up to? Gosh, what haven't I been up to? I think, you know, it's just a good thing to talk about. Fighters have, like, this, this crazy void in them, and I think that's why a lot of the fighters fight to kind of, like, feel that and um you know whatever we all have different journeys and different roads but you know it's kind of cool to link us all together on what our why is and it could be something as such as easy as money or just sports or it could be way deeper um past trauma etc but yeah i've been since my jenny savage fight um i've been in guatemala i've been in colombia i've gone to a lot of the fights way more bkfc fights than i've ever have and that's really nice. I love being an ambassador of the fight. I love my belt. And, and really the reason why is because of people like you and the fans. And that's what kind of keeps me going and what keeps me so busy is because, you know, the world is so much bigger than your backyard. And, and just going out there to see it and, and spread that love and the experiences and, and it makes you stronger. So then I'm like, after going to all these BKFC fights, I'm like, where's my fight? Like, it's been like around three months. I started freaking out a bit. So I got a job as an electrician out in Fort Lauderdale. And so nice. I get to work with animals. And you see me doing crazy stuff on the gram all the time, whether it's with gators, snakes, turtles, ducks, you name it. Um, but that's just, you know, that's just me being me. It's just cool that everyone gets to see it because... You know, back when I was a, a nobody bartender or waitress, people were like, whoa, your life should be a movie and a book already. And that was before fighting. So it's super cool. People can actually see and maybe give them the courage to try new things and be, you know, a little adventurous, even if it's, you know, two days out of the year. Did, did you have a background in as an electrician? Like, did you go to school for that? Or is that something that you just decided that I'm going to be an electrician? Now you're being a, you're are you being a, are you an apprentice right now? Is that what it is? Yeah, I'm not really like a contract. Like, I don't have my license or anything like that. So I'm more of an apprentice, but the guys I work with and the company I work with, they're super awesome. They literally, you know, we're 10-hour shifts, so they fill me with, like, a lot of knowledge, and, and they do it the right way. You know, they tell me, I watch, and then after I watch two or three times, because it's no joke, it's definitely silent death, um, then they, they walk me through it. And then it's progressed. I can do, like, wire splices on my own. I can definitely go out um, into the water and and take apart a fountain's light bulbs and cable. And I know a lot more about like, um, you know, leads and grounding and stuff like that. But to answer your question, no, I, I haven't. But the reason why I got the job is because I used to work in tree services. And so I worked with the chainsaw all the time and could fix them and, you know, was about that labor life and working outside. And that's really like 80% of the struggle. It's not so much the electrician work. It's the hot sweaty you know the the picking up the cleaning up the taking the boats out you know picking up miles and miles of this heavy cable that's in the water that's sunk by you know seagrass and um so it's just a, it's labor intensive it's a dirty job and it's a dangerous job so you know check 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 and i can <laughs> learn the electrician stuff as i go which i happen and i used it you know i told him that too i'm like you know but I think in the workforce, it's just a, a powerful thing to know today, especially like, you know, with things changing so rapidly, you know, things 10 years ago, we would be like, whoa, that would never happen or happening. So it's kind of good and refreshing to go out there and learn something that's really like 
you really need to know. It's definitely smart to know, and I look at it that way. And I love the people awesome. I work with. It's like Rocky training, which is also <laughs> I was like, well, we'll do the hard electrical stuff, and I'll watch and learn slowly. But I'm the one who's like very eager to like pick up the boats, like do the hard work, because I'm like, yeah, I'm working out. I'm like Rocky catching chickens and, and <laughs> you know pushing trucks and running against them. And stuff. That's all, well, well. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned, you know, the fighter life and why, and at the three month mark, you started wondering about when you're going to get a fight. Do you remember in the pro the press conference, you mentioned, um, wanting to go to Thailand and fight Fanny Pelopi. Yes. And then Norfolk in, in, in Virginia, right? Norfolk, yeah. Virginia. Yeah. In the post fight press conference, you, you mentioned that. And then David Feldman went up on the, on the stage and I asked the question to the boss that night. I said, Hey, Britain was up here, said she'd like to go to Thailand. You guys have been having all these problems getting these foreign fighters in. Every every fight you guys book with a foreign fighter coming into the United States is getting canceled for whatever reason. Would you be up to send Britain over to Thailand to fight Fanny? And he shot that shit down in a fucking blink of an eye that night. <laughs> yeah, he, did. he shot yeah. that shit down. He was like, I why, you know, I would much rather have them come over here and and like i don't we don't need to showcase our talent over there that night he said that but then all yeah, of a sudden oh, a few months later he, yeah that's why it's kind of a shock to me i haven't really <laughs> talked about it much because i do want people to know i'm not i'm not really worried about it you know i'm very very focused on this fight in two days so um i haven't really reflected a lot of thought or energy into it but it was it's you know it's definitely still shocking, but it, but it's, it's but it's here. not Fanny anymore. It's Poe Denman, yeah. which which threw everybody off because Fanny's the one fifteen pound champ over there in Thailand. Poe Denman fights at one twenty five, and they booked that one prior to you getting the Melanie Shaw fight booked. So this threw everybody for a fucking loop. It didn't make any sense to us. But so can you explain to us in the audience? Are you? You're you're defending your title, and then you're going overseas to Thailand to fight at 125 against Poe Denman. Is that what's going on? I don't. To be honest with you, I wish I could shed some light on it, but I'm kind of like just in the dark too. And it's not because not throwing anybody under the bus and not the lack of communication. It's really for the sheer importance of me not <clears> getting <throat> ahead of the 29. So you know, I've really just pushed it. I've been very active of of pushing it out because. You know, I'll just sit here and probably my wheels will be turning and wondering all the time about it. So um, I'm really putting my energy into that. But, yeah, I'm, you know, on the 30th, I'm sure I'm going to have all these crazy questions, too. Right. Yeah. Well, it had been brought up a couple of times on the BKFC show the other day on Tuesday. Brian mentioned this, and I've heard it a few times that and I haven't heard Shaw say this, but people are speaking for her saying that she's upset that you're looking past her. And you have a fight in Thailand, but I keep bringing up the fact that the Thailand thing had happened before anybody even knew about the Shafa even being a thing. Yeah, like, I mean, I wanted that. It got shot down really quick. I didn't put too much energy. You know, I'm not that type. I don't call out anybody. Um, I haven't called out really anybody in bare knuckle. I've just been living my life. And 
you know, I think that's kind of like the the message is like when you focus on you, everything happens and I'm not focusing on other people, maybe like the same thing for her, you know, I think she should focus on herself too and not what I'm looking past because if I was looking past her, I would have already posted the fight poster. You know, I, I feel like, I don't know if she said it, but like you said, people are speaking, so I don't want to assume and take it personal, yeah. but you know, if that's something that she thinks or is saying to other people and they're parodying you know i'm gonna shut that shit down real quick because the facts are is that's a bomb card that's exciting card um it's bukal and sanchai it's 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 something that i literally asked for and and you know i don't want to say beg but something that people that are close to me know is a big big deal for me to fight in a different country that's like literally the biggest thing on my bucket list that i haven't done so it means everything to me but at the same time i could have canceled and said well i'm not doing the virginia fight because i want to do you know, I don't want to chance anything like a champ and, and fighters do that all the time. Like, well, I don't want to, you know, at the time the the tie fight was brought to my attention. I haven't even signed a contract for Melanie. So I gave her that respect and like honored, like, you know what, this comes first. I've learned better in my life to not count your chickens before they hatch, you know, and, and tomorrow's not promised. And so I'm going to do what comes first. Melanie, you know, had her performance, um, on the car that she just fought and was a bit of an underdog. And I'm definitely about giving somebody a chance who earned it and was promised something. And I think that she was definitely led on to believe that she was next for the title fight. So, you know, it is what it is, but I've refrained. I've showed like severe self-control. I've never once, you know, the way I can't help when people ask me about it. I can't, you know, not talk about it. And especially when they're trying to promote it and, you know, they're like, Hey, give us a video. It's just kind of like in the heat of the moment, but I have the fight poster already made. I'm already on the fight poster. I haven't shared it. Not once. And, um, I I'm think if I was looking past her, I would have. I'm looking at it right now. And we're going to yeah. talk about Melanie Shaw in a second because obviously that's the most important thing on your table right now. But the poster of you and Poe has a belt in between you two. And it says yeah. co-main event world title fight. Your mom is in the comments saying that it's at 115 pounds straight from Nick Chapman's mouth. So you're going to defend, if, I, if I'm understanding, if it's a world title fight, that means it's the same belt that you're defending against Melanie. So you're going to defend it against Melanie, take that strap, go over to Thailand on November 4th and de defend it again like six, seven weeks out from each other, right? That's some fucking yeah. legendary shit if, if that's the truth. Yeah, and it is. And that's why, you know, I didn't. I didn't Fuck shut it. it down. You know, I embraced it because that's me. Like, I do unheard of things. I'm not, you know, I'm not like the other fighters. I'm really not. And, and I think sometimes, you know, it's been so much because I've gone through the underdog. You know, I fought past that. And now people are kind of, you know, they say you're as good as your last fight. So now because I fought stupid Jenny Savage, people are like, oh, you know, Britain's this and Britain's that, you know, she's getting easy fights. And it's like, well, I mean, people weren't saying that like a year ago. I worked up really hard to that point. And now I can't really face that I fought like all the top big dogs and won. And now it's like, I mean, I don't see anybody calling me out. I don't see anyone saying that they want the belt. And if they do, I'm right here. Like I've always been right here. Now this, this, you know, I get these lectures all the time. Like, you're the champ now. Champ doesn't do this. Champ doesn't do that. Champ doesn't do blah, blah. But you know what? I'm Britain Hart, and Britain Hart does. Britain Hart has. And, you know, I think, if I'm being honest, I do look at it as a legendary thing. People don't do that. 
and that's why I gave my respect and was nice, you know, in, in my comments about Melanie, you know, I definitely, I think that maybe people misconstrue it and, you know, she's, I, I give her all the props in the world for her career and her journey, but the same same aspect you know my props and my journey are my own too and it's something that i really hold dear to me so when someone comes in and threatens it i have to take it personal in that moment you know so many people are like oh it's just business oh it's just a fight but it's not when your whole life depends on it when your whole world is built around it when you know it's something that you want more than anything like you're like literally saying like if someone comes into your house and is gonna rob you and take your like you know your grandma's vase of ashes and it's like whoa like it might be so stupid it's a vase with ashes in it but it means something to those people you would go batshit crazy if someone came in and stole your urn you know that's not okay and that's the attitude i think that makes me a bit different and maybe exciting maybe real maybe more relatable too and i'm not saying she doesn't have that approach but um i definitely think you know you know, that's, that's, that's a sign of respect to me. I think that if I was like, oh, let's go, Melanie, go girl, you know, to the best woman and give her a hug and kiss and this and that, it's like, whoa, like, like, you're, you are looking past me and I'm not doing that. You know, I'm, I refrain from that a hundred percent. And, you know, like I said, I've always preached this either for me or against me. That's always been my attitude. Um, and sorry, it's gotten me this far. It's kind of my, my survival it's how I've made it this far. I can't like let, you know, anytime I've let kindness come in, it's always been like this weakness and it's, you know, I just can't do it anymore. There's some things in my life that need big changes and moves. And I'm out here every day trying to show that and to let someone come in and me be all silly about it, then that would be me, you know, taking you lightly, but I'm in the gym every day. Yeah. I don't post sparring yeah i don't post my mitt work and there's reasons behind that you know i am still the champ i still have to protect you know my secrets and my training because if i posted it everybody would be doing it and you're not paying me enough to do that sorry anybody that says you take easy fights is just not watching what you do because i anybody who's fought Christine Faria and Beck Rollins twice and debuted against Beck and your second fight was against Christine Faria and you fought both of them since. And, and, and matter of fact, we're, we have an autographed picture of you that a really cool one that we're going to give away tonight. Mm -hmm. And I got an idea for this one. If any, that picture oh. right there, check that, check that thing out. Signed by you, courtesy of the uh, bare knuckle extreme fight, pa uh, fight page, uh, Russ and country over there. Shout out to them guys. Extreme yeah, bare knuckle awesome. fans page. Yep, machine extreme bare knuckle fans page. Um, we'll give that picture to the first person that can give us the total combined record of everybody she fought in the Baron in BKFC. This is not that hard. Combined record of her opponents before they fought her. Go add them all together because the number is extremely impressive, and I bet you fucking money that nobody else on the roster has a number like that in front of their record at all so, so anybody that thinks that you take easy fights is crazy let's talk about your next fight melanie shaw she's fought twice in the bkfc the first one against matilda wilson she really opened everybody's eyes because the relentless yeah the pace that she um she showed that night was absolutely 
uh, 100% going forward the entire goddamn fight, bloody as all hell. And then we were like, when she got her second fight, we're thinking, I wonder if she's going to fight this one a little different. She didn't. She did the same damn thing against Sydney Smith. This girl that you're fighting on Friday night is pedal to the floor every time she steps in the ring. Might not be the most technical fighter in the world, but she's willing to take some damage to give some damage. Uh, what are your thoughts on Melanie as a fighter? And um, how do you see this thing playing out without giving us game plans or anything like that? Do you see it looking anything like her first two fights? I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, I think that um, I expect that that's the, her, her secret to recipe, like her recipe to success. Um, I think it takes somebody very special to have that type of fight style. And so it's definitely not overlooked. Um, yeah, she's definitely that. I would, I would not imagine, you know, and especially with Christine being in her uh, corner, I would not imagine that it would be anything other. But, you know, as you guys know, with this impressive number coming up, I mean, I've fought different styles. And, you know, I think even with that picture with Teresa, you know, who looks like way like a she was awesome. She's tough and she comes forward. And I know her game plan was to kind of rough me up and, and put that pressure on and, you know, I handled it well. So I believe in myself with um, with that style of fighting. Um, I also commend it. It makes the fights fun. It makes the fight entertaining. You know, I, I like that about a fight. You know, when I fight other people that are more experienced, they are like more sit back and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, now I got to be first because, you know, I'm I'm the pressure fighter. Like, I started off like Melanie. You know, people used to say the same shit to me, and, and it used to hurt my feelings a bit. Um, but a lot of the comments were like, Britain's not the most technical fighter, but damn, she has heart. And look where it got me. So it's definitely something to be aware of. And I think it's, you know, I think it's a it's a great thing to have, but it's not the only thing to have. Your, your style from fight one to now you're going to fight 11, I think. You're going to go to fight 11 here. You just said it yourself. Your technical boxing skills from the first time you stepped into the bare knuckle squared circle to now is night and day. You are fucking one of the best in the world at it. You are cerebral with your attacks. You pick your shots. And yes, Back that even the way you hold your hands is different nowadays from fight one. It's a completely different person. And you've told us the whole story many times on this show. Uh, different coaches, different gyms along the way have really molded you into what you are today. So I, I, re I commend you on that for sure. Thank you. Definitely unorthodox, but it's I'm super, super proud of it. And and like I said, the, it, it keeps my wife strong. You know, anytime I'm having a bad day, it's that reminder that it's not just one place relying on me. It's all these other places that poured their love, attention, and time to me. You know, it's, it's for them, too, even if I'm not there. You know, it's one of those things. I'm always with you. Like, I'm always thinking about the people who made an impact in my life 100%. Are you surprised that they gave her the shot? Are you surprised that she doesn't have too many? She's got two fights. Um, she did have a strong fight, as we just spoke, spoke about in her first bout. And then we saw her second fight, which was a little bit fast-paced. They got really tired really fast. She did get dropped in the first round. 
she came away with the win, but it wasn't like a wow decisive win. Um, do you feel like she's being fast forwarded in there because there's nobody else in the division right now? To put Not forward? really. I think people like overlook. You know, some people like I think focus a lot on the numbers. Um, because I was like that. I really wanted this chance to fight this one girl, and I only had ten fights experience, which is like kind of like crazy. We're talking about, but I only had ten fights experience, and she had like thirty. Um, but still, I had ten fights under my belt, and they didn't give me the fight. And I remember being really, really upset about it. I still to this day feel like I was robbed an amazing opportunity. Um, to fight in Madison Square Garden on a girl that I was highly capable of beating. I would have beat her, like, and it would have been so huge for me. And I felt like I got robbed because of that number, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that she, you know, she's um, definitely put it out there that she has, like, 50 underground fights. And as we yes. know, we can share about the sport. Bare Knuckle was illegal for a long time. It was an underground sport. So it's really just like a fast-paced, evolving sport that some people haven't even heard or didn't think it was a thing. But, you know, she's had her underground fights, and, you know, she kind of has that Bobby Gunn story and these super awesome, successful Bare Knuckle fighter um, in, in that aspect. And, um, you know, you never know. And the same thing for me, you know, when I had – you got to think, when I fought Beck, I had, you know – she was a UFC fighter and yeah. I was my pro debut and only had like, you know, six boxing fights, maybe. And look what I, I mean, I really won that fight. It was a split decision, but whatever, you know, it was because of the politics, but then I went on and, you know, it's like, look at those things that I did. I still win or lose had an impressive thing. And sometimes we lose sight of that as well with the fighters and what we're doing. It's, it's definitely a, a source of entertainment, um, because if we go in there and win, that's not enough for you fans at home. And I speak to the majority. I know, you know, the 10% of people legitly are like super fight fans and they're like, you know, can appreciate a freaking jab. But there's a lot, a majority of people are like, oh, she just threw one punch the whole time. And that would be bad to her or, you know, to the general public where it's like test fight fans were like, damn, that girl only beat her and throwing a jab. That's cool. Like, you know, it's definitely a perspective thing, but we are entertainers and and so somebody like her is with the pre i mean it, it's a great fight and it could disrupt a a seasoned fighter and boxer not me because you know i've you know i've had the story that i've had so i'm not you know worried about it but at the same time i give the respect and credit and think that same thing i would be pissed if i didn't get my shot so i'm sure. not going to be a hypocrite and say oh she doesn't deserve it and her little, you know, it's like, damn, like she thinks she has it. I remember when I had that feeling, you know, and those girls, you know, I think they did really underestimate me. So I know that feeling too, um, but it's definitely, I'm here to definitely set the record straight. That's not me whatsoever, um, but it's because I'm, I'm different. What I get worried about when something like this happens and which is great. She took the fight, like you said, when you fought back, you know, you, you were brand new back, had all this experience. So in it's, Fair knuckle. You never know what's going to happen. But what I worry about is when people get fast track like that. And if she goes in Friday night and loses, now she's back down. Right. And I wonder if that'll be held against her. So people will start sliding in front of her. And when is the next time? So like you hold on to the belt for a while. People might go, well, ah, if you dominate her, then people go, ah, I don't know if I want to see that fight now after she fights a few times. And they're still kind of like, ah, we saw that already. You know what I mean? So she kind of like get fast tracked and then push to the back. 
that's what I get worried about with some new fighters. Cause it's like, ah, I'd rather see them kind of build up a little bit and then fight. So then we know they're kind of at where they need to, where they need to be. So, uh, yeah, you know, and, and then that's a very valid point. And it's something that unfortunately, <clears throat> like I live with that daily. Cause I'm like, man, I don't want people to think that I'm just like chilling and cruising here. And, and, um, you know, sometimes I do think that, but for me, for, in order for that to happen, I would have to, retire or walk away from the sport and be like, you know, Hey guys, I, I, you know, it would be a very selfless thing for me to do for sure. And be like, I think that the women need a chance to fight each other and grow. And as long as I'm hanging around, you're not going to get past me. I mean, it was the only person to get past me at 125 is Christine. And you know, that division, and I, I worried for her in that division, like, you know, the only person that's going to beat her is going to be me. And there's not really anybody else. And look at Beck. You know, I went the distance with Christine. Beck can say all she wants, but she went, what, two rounds with her? She can't even, no one can even hang with her yet. So, like, what about that division? It's it's, yeah. a, it's a, definitely a hard place to be for the ones who sacrificed and gave it all in the beginning. I wish we could get rewarded some way. I really <clears> do, like... Like a like a severance pay or something. Like, give us a severance pay to go away for like a year or two and be like brand ambassadors. Let these females, you know, build up. But then yeah. that's me and her being like putting our dreams and goals and stuff we work for. You know, it's it's definitely, you know, a thought. But like, man, it's like I, I always say, you got to kill me to get my belt. So am I gonna like, am I capable of doing that? And just, I don't know. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. That's really tough right now with the way the divisions and we we need more fighters, more female fighters. And I know that Jules is working on get more female fighters. We spent a lot of time with her this week uh, or last week, rather. She is, yeah. And she is like just really focused on getting more females in these divisions. So I, I really, <clears throat> I see it happening, and I, I can't wait until the near future when there's more females there. You know. Hey, three people in the comment section are one off from the correct answer. Three different people are one off in three different ways. You're all very close. Three of you guys almost won this picture so far, but you're all off. one's off by a win, one's off by a loss, and and one's off by both. And what do you? I wanted to ask you this. Like Melanie has said this, and a lot of people have said it too. Um, what do you think about the people that say um, I may not have bare knuckle experience, but I have like a, a well, you know I have a shitload of street fights. Do you like I know a lot of people say that and I don't know what you what you guys as fighters think of people when they say that like dude so everybody's had some street fights I'm a I've had plenty of fucking street fights but I would never in a fucking million years want to step in to a ring with a professional you know what I mean so good for you I mean I don't know how do you feel about that. Well, it is. It's one of those things that, I mean, it's important. If if you never get hit in the face with a bare fist, it is definitely alarming and shocking and probably not made for you. And that's speaking to like these boxing people and UFC people that were like, you know, kind of built up and they had like the money and family to kind of put them in that predicament. Mm -hmm. But you got to think realistically, though, street fight is def definitely like a prerequisite in my mind. But it's like street fights last like what? 30 seconds, maybe a minute. And the, you know, someone breaks it up, someone pulls you off or you got the message, you got the MO and you get the F out of there or, you know, they got the fuck out of there. And so it's kind of like, yeah, that's been a real eye opening too is like, 
you know, I always used to say that, like, I mean, some street fights, I think bare knuckles easier because of the, the level of my street fights. Like, hey, you have, you know, I have a ref to protect me. I have a two minutes and I know it's over with and done. Like, it can't be as bad as getting, you know, beat on the street and kicked and jumped by like five, six people. Um, So in that aspect, it's better. But it's like, you know, you see some of these people, they seem to like, when they fall down, you know, they're like very like, oh, the bot, but my head or my fingers broke and this and it's like, whoa, and it, were you really in a street fight? Because in a street fight, you wouldn't you be like, it doesn't matter. I got to fight for my life, you know. And so it's just the level like it's everything. There's levels to this street fight. Like you said, doesn't mean shit. It's about everyone's been through them. But like what kind of street fight? Cause did it go minutes and and nobody around, or did it go seconds and someone pulled you off, which is usually yeah. the case. And some of these London fights are like organized street fights. We we had Lou Fuse on the show when we were in Denver. We did like a day show because we could never get any of the UK fighters on. So we pulled in like Mick Terrell and Christie, and we were talking to them, and we were talking about that. Like they have like legit one on one organized street fights they're almost they're like as close as you can get to having a ref you know like the people if someone falls they wait they let the person get up like there's no kicking people in the head when they fall and yeah it's like a a, a nice fair one you know exactly. that's the winner right there i know how he's probably trying to say that i'm i'm wrong but if you go to your if you go to your box rack you go beck was one and oh christine was one and oh your next two fighters were debuts, but then uh, Jenny Savage was 1-0, Pearl was 1-0. That's four wins. Then, Christine, you fought her again. At that point, she was 4-1. and one. That goes 8-1. and one. Beck was 3-0 and oh when you fought her. That goes to 11-1. and one. Charissa Ooh. was 1-2. and two. That goes to 12-3. and three. Uh, I mean, um, 12. Oh, 50, yeah. I think Teresa 12, was the one who had the Teresa. Yeah. I think she was the one who had the draw. 12 and three. And then, and then, um, and then Jenny Savage yes. again. At that point, she was three and one, that which makes the total combined record of your opponents in the BKFC 15 wins, four losses, and, and one draw. She had a draw there you with go. Link. Is that who it was? Who did she have a draw with Link with Jessica, Jessica Link? Link? I think so. Yeah, yeah you might be right. But she won that fight, in my opinion. Too damn, too damn impressive. Too damn impressive, Britain. Um, it's the night before weigh-ins. You got, you got to get yourself. Can you turn your head a little bit? Let's see this hair. What do you got? What do you got for us? I know. Check it out. And I always go back to the, like, you know, the place I'm from, and you know, my my awesome friend Aaron did them for me. So I went back to, you know, the good old days and got him to do it for me. So I always try to feed my family and put money in my my friend's pockets first before anybody else but he does i mean look at it it looks so amazing nice. i love it how how many days like how long do you keep that in after you fight so i've gotten really good at taking care of them and there's definitely a system to take care of them i usually keep them in like one to two weeks but once it gets to two weeks it's actually not even that the braids are bad it's that my hair grows so my hair grows they get puffy and, <laughs> it's, it's and big so like they look the yeah, braids are floating on they're like floating over your head. Yes, exactly. So it makes my head look bigger. So I'm like, all right, time to go. My hair's grown too much. But yeah, you know, I know exactly they... what you're talking about. I do that all the time with my hair. <laughs> <laughs> all but, right. Well, hey. Before okay. before we move on to this round, I wanted to bring up a picture, right? That uh that came up and I know it caught a lot of people by surprise. And I actually loved it. 
What? And I think you might know what it is. And it's this picture right here. Oh, yeah. God. Right, there was a couple of them that came out. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was awesome. So so what's the story behind this? Because I really want to know. I'm, I, I'm intrigued by this. That's a good picture. I need that picture. Someone sent it to me. But um, uh, I'll look right there at Jules Gray on Facebook. She has it. Oh, that's where that's I got sweet. it from. Yeah, you know, I think, again, it's perspective and misunderstanding. I'm just different. And I, I hope people understand it the right way. Um, but this life means too much to me for me to, you know, like not take things for, I guess. And, uh, you know, we have our own little run in history. I don't need to get in it. The point is, sure. is we got a good minute to sit down. And I think um, everyone and I could share that. Like some things don't need an apology. Like an apology isn't good enough. And, uh, you know, that other it's not about being right or wrong either, or the apology. It's about, like, really trying to hear and understand the person. And I got a chance to really hear um, both of them out, and I appreciated it, you know. They didn't yeah. have to do that. And I was definitely, you know, dismissive, and I've definitely, you know, and I feel like they have, um, you know, their own little, you know, squabs with me as well. But at the end of the day, I gave her props earlier, and you know, there's not a lot of people that do this. And, and we're, you know, we're really just trying to be the best, you know, her journey is way different than mine. The route that she takes is different. And so is mine. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like a thing. So I don't know. I feel like we're like frenemies now. Like we were enemies before, like enemies, yeah. like hardcore, but like I mean, Apollo Creed and you know, Rocky, <laughs> we were, you know, the respect right. is building and we're seeing that. And, you know, I really have appreciated like some of the things that she's done and, you know, I know she does to me too. And I know that, you know, it's just, a, it's again, it's a really rough place to be in. And, um, you know, I take things very personal. So if someone's friends with me, if you go online and say I'm going to lose, you know, I take it personal. Like, I just can't. That's just sure. me. And sorry, not sorry. But, um, yeah, we got past that and it, it just makes sense. So I think our, you know, what, four-year stint of being mad enemies I feel like it's, you know, the message loud and clear. Let's start over new with a clean slate. But funny, she's cornering my opponent. So I was just going to say that. We're still against <laughs> each other. Yeah. But now it's it's all respect. You know, and I, I don't fault Melanie. I'm not mad at Melanie whatsoever. I think that, you know, she has to do what she has to do. And if that means pulling in, you know, the one chick that's beat me to be in your corner, then, hey, that shows me that's the, that's a flag in my head oh you really are you're coming for like you think you're really coming for it so i have to step up my own game in that aspect so i'm definitely again a britain on high alert is like ooh, you know it, so you know, I, I, got, jules, I got things to prove jules has a very tough position with you two as well because yeah. you got you guys can't there's not a whole lot of opponents for you. You know what I mean? Like Jules right. has a tough task. You've already beat pretty much everybody that you can fight. Christine's pretty much beat everybody that she can fight. What are they going to do? Keep running you two back with each other? It's going to get fucking ridiculous after a while. Um, yeah, she's got a very difficult job. And like, like we guys said earlier, they, they need to build build the roster. And yeah. Jules is working on that. They got to build that roster up and just get new blood in there because... I mean, you can keep fighting Jenny Savage. I mean, yeah. 
Gabby Roman, she would be interesting She's in a couple couple more yeah. fights. A couple more fights for oh, her. Yeah, she could that be was actually the fight. Low key, that was the fight that was I got the contract for. She hurt her hand in fight camp. That's why Melanie stepped up. So it was actually oh. originally wasn't supposed to be Melanie. It was supposed to be the other girl. Gabby actually, Roman. the contract and everything. But um, because no she broke her hand, it got canceled. So I was actually more thankful for Melanie for being a fit in and, and being so eager to do it. But wow, you know. That is, uh, I forgot that part, but you know, wow. that's I saw, and I didn't know it, know that at all. But awesome! Yep. I mean, Britain, you're back. You're fighting in in Virginia again in front yeah. of your home state once again. I'm still um, thinking about jumping in my car on Friday morning and driving seven hours to get there. <laughs> I think about it every. I've thought about it every day since we left Denver. I'm like, oh, what should we just drive there? Well, <sighs> I don't, I, I don't know if we could pull that off, Mike. I don't know if the wives would be okay with us leaving after we just got back from another one, but uh, we're going to ask you five quick questions. These are very fast, real quick, more to get to know Britain Hart. Here we go. Easy as this. Which one are you picking? Uh, red or green grapes? Uh, red. Cause they're crunchier. Yes. I think they're sweeter Only too. They're, they're actually sweet, not go. sour. The green scuba grapes. Skydiving or scuba diving? Scuba diving, a hundred. Scuba, scuba. Yeah, I've actually been There's... doing it. I don't. I've been. I've been on two scuba trips during my fight camp as cross training. So freaking thankful for it. Mental, breathing, physical activity. I love scuba diving. I did it once. It's pretty cool. And I'm a. I'm a. I'm an anti ocean guy. There's dinosaurs and shit in there. So it is very cool. <laughs> oh, All right. Oh, next man. one. What about? I know you won't be scuba diving probably in a lake, but there was a freaking 14 foot alligator carrying somebody in its mouth the other day in Florida. So I'm all set with waters. All right. Sharks here we go. Here and we go. alligators. Dad bods or gym rats? Mm, I guess dad bods. I know that's funny. <sighs> that a girl. Yeah. That a girl. Gave all you fucking guys in the comment section, there's hope. Yeah, all right? there's a whole list of them watching the <laughs> show that are just just <laughs> jumping up and down right That's now. That's a prerequisite for our comment section is dad bod. In the, in dad mo bod. And some of them might not even have kids. Here we go. N yeah. Number four. We don't know how Roberto Armas got in there, but we'll get him out. <laughs> dance club or strip club? Oh, yeah. I love that guy. He's awesome. Though. He's funny. But um, yeah. dance club for sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, two more Popeyes or Chick-fil-A. Ooh, that's a hard one. So I actually grew up on Popeyes when I was over in Germany on the Ramstein base because they had one. So it was really cool. And I got like the, you know, the whole Popeye, um, VHSs. So I love it in that aspect, but if I literally, so if I had to like go on like memory Popeyes, but if it was literally food, Chick-fil-A yeah. and they're freaking <laughs> Oh, it's winter time, so they're gonna have the white peppermint. Yes. Oh my so god, I love that. So good. Uh, awesome, awesome. Last question. What? Green shirt or black shirt? One hundred black. Oh fuck you, Mike. <laughs> got the black. That's what I'm talking about. Green. Black or your whack? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fucking. All right. Well, I lost that one. All right, Britain. Last words for anybody that's going to be paying attention Friday night. You get it on the app. I don't know if it's on Fubo like they have been lately, but everybody should be tuned in if you're not in Virginia to see her fight, Melanie Shaw. What do you got to say before we let you go? 
just I'm super happy for this fight. There's so many people to name because I'm tired. It's been such a busy day. I don't even want to attempt to name them for the fear of leaving someone out. So just know if you've supported me, no matter how small or minuscule you think it was or big, it has been with me and been life changing. Um, I'm super happy to go in. I asked for this. I want this. Um, the people who made it possible and helped just Thank you. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to, I'm looking to have my best fight ever on Friday. It's going to probably be a banger for, for everybody and to enjoy on Friday night. Thank you so much for coming on. Good luck uh, tomorrow with all the weigh-ins and all that bullshit. And then we'll see you on Friday night. Um, not in person, but on the screen. We'll be tuned. <laughs> Got it. All right. All right. Take all it right. easy. Night Bye. guys. Later. See ya. Later. All right. Britain 11.0 heart back at it again. Six months yeah. off, man. She's usually, um, I mean, this is her 11th fight. So she's obviously one of the more active fighters on the oh, roster. God. Yeah. I would imagine yeah. that six months is since she started fighting for them. Six months is probably the longest gap she had in between fights. The, the women's divisions have been pretty much capped off by a couple of strong champs and a couple of, or a few strong fighters underneath that. And it's been that way for a while. So yeah, like as we've said many times, and I'm not going to continue to repeat us and what we're saying here, but yeah, that to, to get, we're in desperate need of, of, of what Jules is doing and she's doing it. So that, that, that's what we need. And, and uh, to go back on, you know, talking about Melanie shy, I'm not taking anything away from her. I'm just stating facts, you know, She's a game opponent. She's going to come forward. She's Absolutely. strong. She's competitive. She has the will to win. She's flying over from another country again. Pretty much late notice title fight at 2-0. That's tough. She, and yeah, I commend her for doing that. Absolutely. But it's, you know, it's a fact. She has two fights. Britain is, this is her 11th fight. And she has fought the best female fighters there is in bare knuckle right now. And she's won every single fight except not to the champion. You know what I'm saying? Dude, the that's pretty much how it's been. She's only lost to A, the best female fighter there's ever been, mm -hmm. and B, the first ever uh police gazette, police gazette champion. champion. So yeah. who was a former that's UFC it. fighter on tough? And, uh, and dude, you know, in the in the in the second fight against Christine, they went the distance and it was a very tough fight. It was yeah. uh I mean yes. it's it was right, it was very close up until the last round, and Christine just took the last round. It, it is what it is. Um Unbelievable. She's and, and like you said, Melanie Shaw is absolutely a fucking G for taking this fight and oh yeah, taking it on after two wins. Uh if if nothing else, Melanie Shaw is one of the most entertaining fighters you're gonna see in the fucking women's division. This girl yep. puts on a damn show every time she goes out. The first, the only two times we've seen her, it has been a fucking war. Both times she even got dropped. I think did she get dropped in both of them? Did Matilda drop her? Maybe not. But I know I that Sydney dropped her once, but she got dropped, got back up, and it was kept like on right, coming. Yeah, it was pretty early in the fight. She got dropped. It was crazy, man. It was absolutely fucking crazy. And uh, it was great to see her out in Denver, too. We hadn't seen Britain in a long time. She was she was yeah. good spirits out there. It was cool to, to walk in to Tom's, and mm -hmm. then we're, like, hanging out. I feel like we walked in. We're saying hi. We're kind of mingling a little bit. We kind of made our way in past the bar, and there's yep. some tables. And then Britain is there. We're kind of, we actually kind of, like, walked right by her table, too. Yeah, because her, ba her back was to the bar. And we right. went to the bar, and we're talking to some people there. And, like, right to, to the left over here, I was like, oh, look, there's Britain. 
It's Britain, and she's sitting there with over there. people. And and even more people did that later. We actually talked to Britain for a little while. We met some people she was with. It was awesome. We had a great conversation. I went off to take some pictures. I come back, and there was a fan. There were fans there for Bare Knuckle. You know, the guys from uh, from uh, New Mexico. New Mexico, Albuquerque. Yep. Yeah, Albuquerque. Yep, those guys were there, and then. And the guy literally standing at the end of the table, she had been there for 25 minutes talking. And he just was like, he just stopped and was like, oh my God, Britain Hart. I didn't even realize. I mean, when I tell you she was like one person's shoulder width apart from this guy, he was standing yeah, 25 like 20 minutes. minutes. <laughs> didn't even realize that she was sitting there because you just, yeah. you don't, you don't, you don't, re- you don't know. Like if you don't know the person like in person, you see people on TV, when you see them in person, it's a little different. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you don't recognize people. You're like, wait, hold on a second. When I see you on TV, you look like you're six feet tall. You know what I mean? Even though you yeah. know who the person is, you, 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 you know, all their stats, you see it. For some reason, people just look so different on TV. than you see them in person. You don't recognize who they are. He really right. did that. It was, he was like blown away that he was standing next to her. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a great time. I mean, the Denver card, I don't want, we don't, I don't want to stay on too late. I wanted to kind of make it a quick one tonight, but I do, we do have to talk about a few things that happened that night. Um, I want to just like Keegan Vandermeer in that 205 pound division. I hope that Keegan Vandermeer gets another fight quick. Like they, they bring him back right away because he made his debut a year ago, um, knocked out Zeb Vincent, uh, Zeb Vincent with the, with the loudest punch we've ever heard in our life, but he broke his hand in the, in the process. Mm-hmm. He made his comeback. Um, on BKFC 50 in front of Denver, his own hometown again. And he fought Dylan Weinmiller, who was on an absolute tear in his last two fights. He knocked the guy out in seven seconds, and then he went to war with Steve Tomahawk Townsell. He knocked him out in the fourth. Dylan Weinmiller was on his way to, you know, rookie of the year status in the BKFC. And Keegan knocked him out um, backing up on his back foot, counterpunching. Uh, cut him with the left hand on the cheekbone and then hit him with, I think he hit him with a bone with a left, right, one, two, backing up. It was absolutely fucking awesome. And um, I really like the kid. He's tall. He's He's got uh, a lot of reach. He's got power. And what we've been saying on this show for a long time is that the BKFC cruiserweight division um, needs more life. You know, you know, they're they're a victim of Lorenzo Hunt, basically, is what it comes down to. Lorenzo's beaten everybody that there is to beat. Um, I, we don't know if Quentin Henry's ever going to come back. I don't think they really need. We to heard fight a little it. rumor that he we, might be we, coming we back. We did hear a, rumor. a little nugget of a rumor. A little bit. A little bit. Maybe he comes um, back. We don't know. Houston it's Alexander. Two like percent rumor. I right. Right, but I don't think they'll ever book a Houston Alexander Lorenzo Hunt fight. Chris Camozzi, I wouldn't mind seeing them fight again, and and I would hope that the two of them would watch back that main event from the other night and be like, you know what, when we fight again. We're going to crank the aggression up a little bit, you know, a little bit more. Now that we know each other and we threw down once, the respect factor can get checked back a little bit and we'll fucking dial it up to 11 a little bit for the for the crowd the next time. So if it was to fight him again, fine. But sometime in the damn future, we need new life in that 205 division. And Keegan Vandermeer is one of them. Jomi Escoboza is another one. Uh Esteban Rodriguez is another one. If I put it on my uh, wish list the other day, if I was going to book Keegan Vandermeer against somebody, 
I would put him in there with uh, Mohawk, Esteban Rodriguez. Yes, he's coming off a loss against Jomi Escoboza, but that would be a, a really nice cruiserweight fight that doesn't include Lorenzo Hunt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because uh, Lorenzo can't fight at every damn event, and uh, the cruiserweight division needs new life. Yes, I agree. I agree. That division it has like died a little bit over the the course of the last you know year or so. It's it's really taken a a little bit of a dive. So let's get some fresh blood in there. Let's start looking around. Get some people. I, I'm kind of surprised. Like I feel like there's a lot of guys that are that weight. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that weight class is the one that should be stacked. But for some reason, it it really it really isn't. You know. Right. There's not a lot of people there. I was saying that uh, Howie says J- Jomi and David Round. That's a good one. But I was saying that I wouldn't mind seeing Jomi and Chris Co- Chris Camozzi at 205. I know Jomi said he doesn't want to go. He, want, he, he said he wants to go back down to 185 and rule there and then figure out what he wants to do after that. But he looked good at 205 against uh, Rodriguez. And 180, 185 has plenty of contenders, man. I mean, for the good of the sport, stick around 205. Jomi, Chris Camozzi, Vandermeer, Rodriguez. Let's book them. Um, Gustavo Trujillo, the bare knuckle hour saying Gustavo Trujillo. I don't it's, think you I don't think you'll ever see him back in the VK. I just don't. I don't I think he's busy boxing. He's taking like four gloved boxing fights in the he's last fighting, he's fighting on the 29th. Yeah. And the rumor is that Keegan Vandermeer might be filling in for somebody. On a on the 29th boxing? boxing? Really? Yeah. No, I I, I, so. I I think that Gustavo is um I can't find that though. Like I see the Gustavo fight on a boxing is like the fists of fury or some boxing card. Um, and he's fighting a guy that has no pitcher on topology, so I don't know. That'll be like that'll not. be like Gustavo's fifth boxing match in the last year. So I think that he is steadily improving in boxing and i think that's the avenue he's pursuing i'm not speaking for him i don't know what the fuck the guy's doing but i just don't think he has bare knuckle on his mind at all and if he comes back his last three fights in the bkfc were at heavyweight anyway everyone keeps talking about him being a cruiserweight but he hasn't fought cruiserweight in fucking years so he's fighting trujillo is fighting friday uh, at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Hollywood, Florida. Mm-hmm. And he's fighting against a guy uh, named Dion Ronnie Hale, who is 5-17 and 1. Okay. Oh, boy. So he, that guy, he doesn't even, he doesn't have a pitcher on tapology. He's the only person on the car with no pitcher on tapology. I don't know if that means something to people or not, but that kind of usually tells me that the person is not, <laughs> I don't know if they're, well, and, and what is, anyways, uh, you guys get it. What's his, <laughs> I don't what's, know the guy. What's Gustavo's record right now? Is it 4 0? 3 0. Three and zero. Okay, he's three and zero. But if you go to um, Vandermeer's page right now, it says he just touched down in Florida. I think. No way. So he's taking a short notice boxing match. That's awesome. Let me scroll down. Yeah, it says Florida Hard Rock Hotel venue. We're here, and I found a cool guitar. And he has a picture. He's there, and it says, you know, five hours ago. uh, No, hold on. Checked in. Checked in. He checked in in Florida. You think he's filling in for the guy that Gustavo was supposed to fight? Maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. that could be interesting. I don't I don't know if I like that for Keegan. Yeah, Gustavo is kind uh, of a fucking monster. He is. He's big. He's a big guy. 
but then again, I don't know, like how big does Keegan get too? You know? Yeah. Because interesting, dude. Yeah, Um, it is interesting. Did you, did did you have anything else? Um, a cuddly bear Copeland was, was fucking awesome on the card. Um, angel core, angel core, just dispatching of his opponent in quick work. Oh yeah. Bloody, 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 bloody. Awesome picture of Drew like licking the blood off of his fucking knuckles like a savage, calling out Bobby Taylor afterwards. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give myself some credit right here, and it was nothing against uh Cam- Courtney Cameron, but somebody had asked me if I was gonna put money on an underdog on this card. I just said that uh, this girl Monica Franco, last time we saw Courtney Cameron, she was fighting a basically a 115er that took the fight on four days' notice and it went to a draw. And um, her first fight with Crystal Pittman was a five round fight where she couldn't put Crystal away and she got dropped in the fifth by Crystal. To be honest, she looked great all the way up until the fifth round of that fight. And she gassed out and she got dropped, um, had to take the knee. Smart move in that fight. If you remember it correctly, she got cracked and she stepped back and took a knee. A pro move, took her but, time. Yep. but she, she gave up. A, she gave up a 10-8 round in that first fight. You know, won it. Unanimous decision over Chris, Crystal Pittman. But then she went on to go to a draw with Gabby Roman on a four days notice, who is significantly smaller than her. And this girl Monica Franco doesn't have the greatest uh, AMI MMA record out there, but she was two and one or three and one MMA pro, and she's Hawaiian. So I said, if I'm going to put some money on a plus 450 underdog, you might want to throw a couple bucks on Monica Franco. And I was fucking right, brother. BK yeah. Bet Shark was would have been proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was a uh, it was a good event. Um, Dom Carey was was a victim of a a little bit of a. I think the guy forgot what sport he was in for a minute. Carey went down to, to his to a knee and got hit several fucking times and got the, got the DQ victory. Yeah. Um, Lamont Stafford is a fucking monster. He's <laughs> six foot six. I know. He's uh, huge, like towering yeah. over, over. We talked over. to him he's after the fight. He He's the KO King and he's fought a lot of big name guys in his MMA career. And um, he got punched in the throat by Gabriel Moda. That kind of fucking slowed him down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he but was he, a little bit off even after the fight. You could tell it was he was like, yeah. what the fuck? He said his throat hurt and the and the elevation zapped him. Um, and you know, and and one more that I wanted to just mention was Marcus Edwards um at 185, no, 175, 175 pound division. Uh Marcus Edwards could be could be a player in that division. He he went out there and got another win. So Fucking good time out in Denver once again, Mike. I had a blast, and now we got Virginia Friday night. Did we talk? We, we say Strode Caprio. Oh, Strode Caprio! How can I forget Strode that? Caprio? Yep. This kid, you know what? This kid, we, you know, everybody that watched the show last week, um, uh, got to know him a little bit, and congratulations, he got the knockout of the night bonus. Um, he went through a lot of turmoil, and he talked about all the shit that he went through. And climbed out of, and he went in there against Caprio. And I am going to tell you, dude, I'm going to rewatch it back. But I, standing there live in the audience, I think it was the it was one of the best single rounds we have ever seen. It was fun. It was fucking awesome. Trade and knockdowns. They were banging right up until the fucking oh, yeah. right up until the bell. They were swinging on each other. It was great. 
And um, and then Stro- spend some good time with uh, Caprio. Just uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's you awesome. You got to hang out with us in, in the in the truck. That was fun as hell. Um, yeah, but then Strode landed the kill shot, broke Caprio's jaw, unfortunately, in the second round, put him on his butt and got the win. But he didn't break it. Oh, yeah, that's right. He didn't break that's it. That's right. We got word that it wasn't broken. It just yeah. his teeth. He was yeah. his teeth. He broke teeth his teeth. got loose. Yeah, I think yeah. he originally thought it was broken, was not broken. Yeah, that's right. That is good news for anybody yeah, that yeah. thought it was broken. Yeah, we went to bed thinking that was the case. Yeah, that's because right. I remember how bummed he was, and I was like, "Tomorrow morning we'll eat some scrambies and talk about it." You remember? <laughs> yeah, and he was kind of yeah. like bummed out, and I was like, "Don't worry, tomorrow morning we'll eat some scrambies and talk about it." Which we did eat some scrambies and talk about. It. I don't think he ate scrambies, but we did. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, and Zeb Vincent got you know CWB his. Uh, the cra- yeah. crazy, crazy white boy, crazy Zeb, white boy, Zeb, Zeb Vinson, yep. um, bounced back and got himself a nice victory to to start off the night and pop that crowd big time. Um, he looked good, and it was fun talking to him afterwards. And then these two, these two gents, these two gents uh, Chris, Christian Torres is in a war every time he steps in there. It's, it, it is yep. what it is. Everyone yep. just needs to be ready for that, and uh, and. Golden Boy Yates, we talked to him last week. He comes out of a, a long a lineage of bangers, you know what I mean? And coming out of Vandalay Silva's camp for like 12 years. Went in there, broke one hand in the in the second round, broke the other one in the fourth, and then fought the fifth with two broken hands and came yeah. out of there with a victory. Yeah. What a savage, man. Yeah, take a look on our YouTube page. Got the interview with Yates coming out. Uh, it's 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 in YouTube, but it's didn't make it public yet. Same thing. We've got another interview with Isaac Doolittle. I will be releasing both of those tomorrow. So pay attention to the YouTube page and you will see the Yates and the Doolittle interview. Doolittle's looking to fight Josh Dyer, and we are looking to see it. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that because I yeah. would love to see them too. Those two guys run forward. They're going to, I'm afraid that there's a 50% chance, right? That they run straight into each other and knock each other out by headbutt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love both those guys too, dude. Um, Isaac Doolittle is a beast. He is done with the 175 pound division. He said, I'm not cutting that weight no more. I want to. I want to stay at home in the 185, and I want D Day Kendall himself. Let's go. Let's shout out. Let's go, boy. Right, Mike. That shout is out. correct. You you always got to shout out. Let's go, boy, and that's the way the world works. You know. Shout out. Right? Let's go, boy. <laughs> that is it, man. We did We're get g- a shout out. Let's go, boy. This weekend. We did, and um. Real, I don't know if we don't want. There's ten fights on the card Friday night. Main event, co-main event are fantastic. The 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 um the one that jumps off the page. We got the whole card right. Let's yeah, bring, the whole cards there. there. Got all the single cards too. Um, dude, Kasim Ruffin's single back. I, I'm I'm excited to see him back. See his second go round in the uh in the BKFC squared circle, Brian Maxwell's coming off a win. He's fighting Sandman, uh, Harris Stevenson, but the Grosu Blake Lacaz fight. Yes. That one, that one's got my attention because Stanislav Grosu is a fucking dog. Yeah. And and he's a, he's a hella entertaining fighter and he could do some damage. And Blake Lacaz is, um, some fights he looks 
amazing. Uh, others, he r- just runs into to fucking buzzsaws like he did it with Doug Coltrane. And yeah, I think that that one right there, those two guys are going to put on a fucking show. That one right there has Fight of the Night written on it for me. What, what do you think? Oh, oh the co-main, obviously. That yeah. one's going to be competing I, with the co-main. <laughs> I think the co-main is like, you know, everyone who's been watching <laughs> you know bkfc for a while where everybody knows Morris. (laughs) you know what i mean like he is verbose he is strong he is just gung-ho he loves he loves fighting he loves jumping out of adrenaline yeah he gets adrenaline junkie He, he he's always there he's a fun guy he's not a hateful guy like he just wants to fight and he loves it and those guys are friends by the way too so like they're gonna they're going to beat each other up. They're going to have a little bit of fun, but they are, they are definitely friends. But I even feel like if you're not friends with Joel Moore, I, he's the type of guy, right? And this is how I'm going to explain. Like, he has a big heart, that guy. Like, when you meet Joel Moore, you know that he's a ruthless son of a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, he will fight to the death. He loves it. He loves it. He loves getting cuts. I bet he loves to bleed. He loves getting punched in the face. He puts his face out there. He takes shots to give them. That's how crazy. But he is like a, a, he's a sweetheart, so to say. You know what I mean? Like you meet him and he is a very nice guy. He's a very, very nice guy. Um, Yeah, I I, I always like uh, running into Joe Elmore. I think he's such a nice dude. And Mrs. Elmore, I don't know what her first name is. Maggie May. She is right, like the biggest sweetheart too. We had, yeah, the, had they're the best, super nice. We had the best time with them too down in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Last time we saw them, yeah. So, yeah, and and Dustin Pig, he's a fucking beast. He should be three and zero in the in the BKFC right now. He's he un, unfortunately was a victim of a DQ in New York when he made his debut. So those, definitely, yeah, it, it's gonna be like, that one could have fight of the year written all over it, to be honest with you. I just said Stanislav and uh, Blake could be fight of the night, but I forgot that those two were the co-main and they got some, cha- they got a challenge out of them. And um, that's it, man. I don't, I, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I just, I noticed uh, that Howie mentioned Jenkins and for whatever yeah. reason, I don't know why I don't have a picture of him for the fights. And I think that's why maybe we skipped over it. Um Tony Jenkins, I, yeah, he's Jenkins two, came out and just—I mean, he made pretty much light work. Yeah, he's two and zero now. Three and fit, zero. Three and zero. Uh, all finishes, I believe. So that's that's in the one eighty-five pound division, which uh, you know that that division we—it's been like the same five guys in the top five for like two years now in that division. So you know, with him in there, that could get interesting. Yeah, the, the website, if you go to fighters and say all fighters and you search Jenkins, it says O, O, and O, right? Yeah. Tony Jenkins, O, O, and O. Then you click on his name and it says Tony Jenkins, two, O, and O. And then when you scroll down, it says win, win, win. So. Well, don't even get me started on that fucking website, dude. Don't even get me started. That That website still has... If you go, I to, would love to help fix, dude. That if you go to the well, you go to welterweight. Go to welterweight right now and look at the top five. Yeah, and um, Luis Palomino is the champion, and Gogo is not even listed. Jake Lindsay's number one. As as of earlier today, this they may have fixed it by now, but 
I, I said to Mike, I go, look at this shit. Gogo's the fucking champ of the division. How, how who, who's, who's putting the fucking information into this, That's into this website? How do you completely just leave Gogo? Gogo's not, not there, right? No, not in there. Louis Palomino, Jake Lindsay, Snake, Franco, Brito, Duran, Henry. Unbelievable. Duran, Henry, uh, tied. And yeah, yeah. And then I, Brian, Brian Duran is num is tied for number five at one sixty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, riddle me that, Batman. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Most of his fights are at one fifty five, and his last one was and now at he's fighting at one forty five. I know. Yeah, yeah he's tied. I know for- it. Oh I'm telling God. you, I know. I there's some dude. people that just don't care. They don't <laughs> care. And if you're that person and you happen to watch this show. I'm looking at you. I'm talking about you. If if there's five of you out there and you're doing this and you're saying, this is what I think about this division and I'm putting these people on these spots, I want to let you know that you are doing a disservice to the bare knuckle community by not paying attention to what the hell you're doing when you make these picks. It's ridiculous. (laughs) How about this? Step down from your position and let somebody else take it. If you don't want to do it and you don't take the time to friggin' look up stuff and pay attention to the fights and you just click save, 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 and you never change anything, then you need to step down and let somebody else vote because it's getting ridiculous. Ridiculous. And that's my rant for the night. I just can't take it anymore. It's horrible. It's horrible. Rant heard. I agree a hundred percent. We can go through that website and pick it apart if we need, if we wanted yeah. to. But no, we'll be here like till tomorrow, people, guys. The people that are doing the rank, yeah, yeah, like Homer Simpson and Bart. Like, ah. no show tomorrow night. I don't know if that pisses anybody off, but tomorrow night, Mike and I are taking the night off. My my son's birthday is tomorrow, and we're gonna do something for his birthday. And then and then Friday night, Mike and I are hosting another BKFC watch party at Tom's Watch Bar at Mohegan Sun. If you haven't been to one, you're you're missing out on a good time. If you're in the Connecticut area and you cannot get yourself to Virginia to see the fights live and you're in the area, swing by the casino. There's good food there. There's good drinks there. There's military discounts and you can watch the fights with us and uh, shoot the shit and have a great old time. We'll give some shit away and, um, and we'll do the thing. What do you say, Mike? Yes. I say peace, Kyle. I always say peace. peace.